The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, gifted Bible teacher Beth Moore. I mean, doesn't that just do it for you? He's not just going to grab us out. He's not just going to. He's not just going to lift us out. He's going to pluck us out. Now I need. I need somebody to say it, and I want you to say it so good that you spit on that screen. That's what I'm talking about. That, what, what is the Lord going to do? He's going to what? Pluck. He's going to pluck my feet out of the net. Getting out of the net next. Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have this time with you. I want to just really, in some way, very personally speak to you and let you know that if you watch Life Today, one of the, the greatest hopes and desires and prayers that we have is that you would come to have a, a full understanding of the Father and the relationship He longs to have with each of us. Here is a teaching series that some of the most truly gifted women on the planet have shared, Living Your Destiny. You are divinely designed for a very important destiny that has eternal impact and effect. And we want you to see that, and we'll be sharing this with you. Beth Moore is one of the contributors, along with uh, Sheila Walsh and uh, Lisa Bevere and Christine Kane. And I'm telling you, it's just amazing that God brings these gifted people together to impart to you. And that's precisely what Beth Moore is going to be doing right now. Would you welcome Beth Moore? Here she is. So I want to read to you Psalm 25, verse 1. To you, O Lord... I lift up my soul, oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody amen that. I had to pause there this morning and say, please do not remember my stupidity of old. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O oh Lord, I want you to see it, even though that's not one of our points in, in the series lesson. Um, but I do want you to see that he's saying, do not remember my sins, but oh God, remember me. Remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O oh Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. 
all the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and, and faithfulness. Let me read that again. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. And this is our theme verse. In fact, I'm going to ask you to start memorizing it because this is one of the things that we want abiding in us. Verse 15, I'm reading it to you out of the ESV. My eyes are ever toward the Lord for he will pluck my feet out of the net. I want to read that to you again. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Now, I do love me a plosive, and I love the word pluck. I mean, doesn't that just do it for you? He's not just going to grab us out. He's not just going to lift us out. He's going to Pluck us out. Now, I need, I need somebody to say it. And I want you to say it so good that you spit on that screen. That's what I'm talking about. That, what, what is the Lord going to do? He's going to what? Pluck. He's going to pluck my feet out of the net. Our present series is going to be called Out of the Net. And you and I are going to learn together how we can recognize when we're in one and how we can be out of one. Lord, let it be for good. Now, what I've done is that I've brought a net along because I think it'd be really important if I had the opportunity to have a little visual in front of you at all times. And I'm going to spread it down here because this is what we'll see would be like the kind of net that would be hidden under feet where no one could see it coming. Now, I want you, I'm just going to lay it here where it's out before you, and we're going to talk about it throughout this series, this whole concept of the net. Now, let me tell you, when, when God gives me a concept, normally what I'll do, especially if it's a word, and very often I'll pray for God to give me a word, and one thing that gets me a little bit tickled is when He really does give me a word, a <laughs> word. And I start to think, you know what, I'm, I need to ask for, that He would give me 10 words. <laughs> 50 words, but like this series, it was the word net. I mean, nothing before it, nothing after it. It was just net. So what I'll do at that point, I'll go to my, um, my Bible software where I can get online and I can run through a, a complete concordance of every single time that word appears in Scripture, Old Testament, New. And I read every single one of those. And so I, I did all of that. And then one of the next things that I'll do when I'm further into my study is I'm going to Google it because I want to see what does the world say. I'm seeing what the Word of God says. Now, what does the world say about a net? Well, you ought to try to get the Internet to understand that you don't mean dot net. <laughs> you mean a real net. And I just, I leaned over. I kept talking to my screen going, that is not what I'm talking about. Don't show me another dot net. You cannot tell the Internet that you don't want to be on the net to get your net. I mean, you just like, I just, I got, you know, can you talk fishing net? Can you talk butterfly net? I mean, we had millions and millions and millions of responses, and I can't tell you how long it, it took me to just get to a can of Aquanet. I mean, something. <laughs> I mean, is there, really, I mean, is there no other net here? 
But you know what I found to be so intriguing? You know, um, we have come to know this thing that has really overtaken our lives, and I'm not going to dog it because some of you are watching this from your laptop. And so we're not a dog uh, the internet. There are too many wonderful things that take place on it. But, but when I, I began to see that it just kept coming up over and over again, I thought, I can't get it past this kind of net. I thought it was interesting to realize that actually it does mean net. The reason why it's called internet is because it's a network interfacing all sorts of computer networks. It's this global system of interconnection. In many ways, it looks just like this. Because the reason why I am able to write my dear friend in Los Angeles all the way from Houston, Texas, and she get it almost as soon as I push send is because we are linked up. We have connected threads that put us in immediate attachment. Does that make sense to anybody? I have a friend who lives in Indonesia. I can literally get on, write an email, have it to her instantly. Why? Because we are interconnected on this thing called the net. And I found it so interesting that while I was studying it, on um, the uh, web itself, there, over and over again, I saw how they would talk about an addiction to the internet. I think many of us understand that. And I realized, well, as it stands, it just so happens that even biblically speaking, the net could be a net. Anything that gets us trapped and hooked into it is indeed a net. So here's what I want you to see in the Word of God. Uh, we're going to be talking about it over this series and even a little bit in the next. We're going to make a, a connection, a net between them, if you would. And I want you to think uh, biblically how uh, that particular context looks in the Old Testament as compared to the New. Uh, we're going to study in our present series out of the Old Testament primarily. We'll look at a few things that are in the new, but we're going to look at this concept first from the old. And what you might find interesting is that when I ran it uh, through the concordance and I looked at every single occasion of it, almost overwhelmingly, there were very, very few exceptions to this, maybe maybe three or four in the entire ESV uh, Old Testament scriptures, only one uh, exception in the NIV always a net in the Old Testament, except for those couple of exceptions, it's always in a negative context. So a, a net is always something bad. Whereas we're going to see something different in the new, and I hope that you'll enjoy that little twist when we get into our next series and see how they kind of come together. But we looked and we're looking at Psalm 25, verse 15. This is our theme verse that says, and I want to read it to you again, my eyes are ever toward the Lord for he will, what's that word? He will pluck my feet out of the net. So we're going to make four points together in our series called Out of the Net. And, and we're going to see, we're going to see uh, it defined. We're going to see it um, pictured in its context. And then we're going to see if we're standing in one. And then we're going to ask God to deliver us. Anybody? You know, because I'm not for just picking on problems. I'm for prescriptions. 
I believe that when the Word of God sheds light on an area of need in our lives or an area of bondage in our lives, that there's always, always the prescription in the Word of God, what we can do with it. We're never hopeless in it. So whatever it is, I, I want you to just set aside any, um, any uh, guilt and anxiety you have over it. I'm asking you not to turn that off right now because you know it's going to get in your business because you may know you're in a net. I'm asking you to stay around and let's find out what our solutions are. And here's, here's what we're going to see first of all. I'm making a series of four points with you. And number one is this. A net is something you don't see coming. The whole concept of net in the Old Testament would be something hidden from plain sight. I'll just pitch out Proverbs 1.17 to you that, that refers to that hidden factor of a net by saying this, and I'm quoting, how useless to spread a net in full view of all the birds. In other words, you don't spread a net out there in full view. If the enemy is going to have a net for you, and if he's going to have a net for me, it's going to be camouflaged. It's going to be hidden in some way. We're not going to see it coming because a net is just not something we very often see coming. So we got to understand that to begin with because, I mean, if we saw it, we would walk around it. For some of us, I totally get it. If you're in the situation where you would say to me today, never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined myself in this situation. Well, that's why it's a net. I don't know about you, but I've gotten myself with my eyes wide open in some really, really bad situations. But I've also just like wandered into a net. And the whole idea of it, biblically speaking, um, except for one occasion, and I believe that it was in the book of, of Hosea, for the most part in the Old Testament, a, a, a net was something you walked upon accidentally and it would close up around you. In Hosea, it actually drops down from the top and, and captures you that way. But think for the sake of our series together, something just being under our feet, something we don't see coming. Now, if you know anything about James and Betty and Keith and I and what we have in common, uh, we love the Lord Jesus. We love his word. We love to serve people. And now I don't put this in any, in any way up into that list, but we dearly love us some canines. <laughs> dearly, dearly love us some dogs. And Keith and I had a pair of dogs. We, have, we always have dogs. We have darling, darling uh, dogs right now that are three years old, and I always have plenty of stories stories about, uh, about our present puppies. But Keith and I, for many, many years, had um, a pair of dogs by the name of Beanie and Sonny. I've talked about them on Wednesdays many, many times through the years, and, and they died within three weeks of one another and nearly broke our hearts. I mean, it nearly killed us but because we're just, like, obsessed with them. Well, I don't know what you, when you raise your children, if you're really nurturing, then you just kind of, like, point that all onto a puppy, and it's just... It's a dangerous way to live because, I mean, you're like your heart's all invested in something that chases cars. It's not good. It's not good. It's very, very risky. It's not good. It's not good. But, but Sonny and Beanie were a strange pair because Sonny was already, she was a stray that we took in, a, a, a wonderful mongrel um, love, my best friend, my little shadow. But she was already nearly 10 when Beanie came along. So she was sort of over it. But, you know, Beanie was full-on puppy, and Beanie was a bird dog and was constantly on point about something. And if, so if she would run out of things in our yard to point, and I'm telling you the whole truth here, she would decide she was going to point Sunny. 
and Sunny would just be minding her own business, just laying by the shrubs with her belly on the cool ground, and she'd be staring at Beanie right this, like this, and Beanie would get in full point, that, that right paw up, and then she would just shake like this. <laughs> And I mean, for the next, I am not kidding. I mean, I'm talking the patience of Job, that dog had, because she would just take one step and then she'd freeze there and she'd be there. And, but the thing that just killed Keith and I, we called it the sneak. She was constantly doing the sneak. The thing that just killed us was that Sonny was just looking at her like, I'm on to you. I see you. And, and once, once we get some word going, once we've been had enough and God has brought us out, once we've been in that net and we've learned a little about the way the enemy works and sort of what comes right before we're about to get captivated uh, by something that we're going to end up hating, you know, that whole love-hate relationship you have with anything that overtakes you uh, like an addiction. Um, once we begin to see a little bit about how he works, we can be on to him. We, we, we can so often be able to look into a situation and go, I see you. I see you. And you want to be able to recognize that. When, when, I'm, when he is heading your direction, shaking, and I mean, he's on point, and that point is you. That point is you. And for us to be able to go, I see you coming. I, I'm, I'm so on to you. Well, it's really hard for me to listen to Beth talk about Beanie and about those dogs and not get a grin. First time I met Beanie, uh, Keith picks us up at the airport. That's her, Beth's husband, and, and Beanie bites me. It really didn't bite me. I'm holding Princess, our little dachshund, and Princess is going to eat up every big dog, you know, and so she's kind of going at it, and, and uh, Beanie snapped at Princess and got me. And so here's Keith on the phone. He's saying, Beth, Beanie just bit James, and I can hear me say, oh, no, I can't believe that happened. She's a dog lover. But she is a person that is so full of truth and so wants us to live breaking free and in freedom and not trapped in a net or held captive. Father, I pray that every word that Beth shares in this series, as with today, will really be seed that is sown in receptive soil and we'll see the fruit of that expressed in freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, Betty, I was talking to some of our, our leadership the other day, and I said, the people who watch our program know that before we leave, we're going to point to something very important that is a legitimate, identifiable need, and we're going to be able to meet it effectively. And the beautiful thing is our viewers look at, I think, and I, I really believe this is important, through the eyes of God, and then you want to do the will of God as it relates to something very important. Watch closely and see if you don't want to be a part of a real undeniable miracle. I think you'll want to be. This is Melinda, and she's a grandmother who's lost three grandchildren to the malnutrition needs that are in this village. Mm -hmm. 
She is very concerned about her youngest now that she takes care of. His name is Vintholino. And she's concerned that she won't be able to provide for him and that he will die just like the other three that she's lost. You know, I can't imagine that what it's like to just to lose a child because you don't have enough food. Um, it's heartbreaking. My heart hurts for her. But she feels so helpless to be able to do anything. But you know what, I think we can help her. I think we can change that for this grandmother and for the moms that are here in this village. And we can help them get the right food that's going to make their bodies healthy. They'll be able to fight off disease. We want that for these people. We want this for this grandmother. I know who you want to help too. Oh, Jeannie, I, I, uh, I look at Jeannie Rogers at Mission Heart. Jeannie's, uh, she accepted Christ nearly 50 years ago where I was preaching and traveled with us as Jerry Falwell said, the greatest singer in the world. And what a singer she is. But she's a missionary too, but she's also a grandmother to 11 beautiful grandchildren. So when she's sitting there by a grandmother, then she knows what that grandmother feels. And we know what it is to pray for our family when they have challenges. And if you have the answer, which she's asking, I want to take care of this other little grandchild. I want to see all the children we live. And Betty, we really do have the opportunity to be the answer to that heart cry. We, we can give we really them do. the and These the precious answer. mothers and grandmothers, as you just saw there, would do anything to let, as she said, I want to see my little grandson grow up. Well, without food, he can't do that. And that grandmother knows that. And she's done all she knows she can do, but she has no way to get food for her grandson. So I, that's where we can step in and make the difference. What a joy to be able, when you see a need like that, that can save the life of children, we jump right in, you jump right in and help us, and we thank you so much for that. Well, let's do it again. We're showing you the opportunity, and it is an opportunity to bring life to these precious little children. Let's feed them. We've been asking you to do this now for some 25 years, and you've saved. And we know for a fact from the reports from the governments of the continent of Africa and the nations there, over 10 million lives saved. Did you just hear what I said? 10 million little children like that saved. Why? Because of... Betty and James, no. Not even because of the missionaries, but because of you. Because you didn't change the channel, walk away, or look away. You looked in and you saw, I can answer that heart cry. I can answer that prayer. And here's what we're asking you to do. Several times a year, we will ask you to make a gift that will give for several months food. 30 50 $100 feeds three 
five or 10 children for the next months. Now, let me tell you what we found. Once we stabilize, we get everything where they're on a good footing. If we will then start feeding once a day at schools, we can keep those kids coming to school. And so it changes everything. Their little bodies, their little minds, and their future. And so we're asking you to do that. Would you please, if you could help us feed three, five, or 10 children, you go to lifetoday.org or you dial that number, you take your bank card and you make the gift you can. If you would help us support a school feeding program for three months, it's $1,400. It's $5,600 for the year. And some of you could say, I'm gonna feed kids in a school setting for a whole year. Or I'm gonna feed them for this feeding period where we're helping the children in all the different feeding areas where you're reaching out in a crisis situation. Uh, I may be giving 30, 50, or 100, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna also give the 1,400 to take care of a school for this same period of time. There's a level at which you can participate. We have some wonderful gifts that we're gonna send you from some of the most truly blessed women who are teaching you how to walk in the presence of the Lord and literally live out your destiny. God's design for you. We send this to you just like we send food to save their lives. We send you spiritual nourishment to help you grow in your life's journey. Would you please right now go lifetoday.org or dial that number and use your bank card to make the gift God puts on your heart. You're giving the greatest gift. You're giving life. Thank you for doing it. In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation, and those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Hear five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. You know, we've got a lot to cover and what we ask you to do to feed these kids and, and really create school feeding opportunities, tremendous. To say thank you, living your destiny, this is, you talk about spiritual insight and food. And then for those of you who will make the gift of $100 or more also, Sheila Walsh, The Longing in Me, powerful Christine Kane, unashamed. We want, with all of our heart, to be a blessing to you, to see you blessed by God, and then God bless others through your yielded life. That's our prayer. Thank you so much for watching. Thank all of you for being here. Thank you, Beth, for being a blessing. Thank you so much for watching live today.
In his new book, The Stream, James Robison charts a plan for spiritual revolution in America. The Stream, available now online and at retail bookstores. The last time I ever looked in my father's eyes was turning in time to see him about to bring his cane down in my skull. Sheila Walsh, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.